This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Paul Hansen. Thurley Ruxton by Philip Virrell Miguels. Chapter 27 What Walls May Separate On Thursday morning, in the sunshine that broke through the mist and clouds of New York Harbor, fully two hours before noon, all the waterfront of Gotham was astonished and mystified by the sudden appearance of a sea-going yacht of extraordinary swiftness that set all the shipping tongues to wagging almost simultaneously with the dropping of her anchor by the trim white visitor from somewhere out beyond a rumor was started on its way to the press that emperor wilhelm's private yacht with some great german personage aboard perhaps even the kaiser himself in cog had quietly slipped up abreast to the new york yacht club moorage after cleaving the grey atlantic in almost record time and was said to have come on an errand of state involving matters of most profound importance rumours are amazing whence they start how they travel why they alter as they go these are queries for the probers of things psychological before anything authentic could possibly be known of the slender bit of steel and power from overseas the tales that had spread of her coming and her purpose contained a germ of truth the vessel was owned in germany and had frequently carried the kaiser the personage aboard her this morning had come in haste on matters of gravest moment to his state and in pursuing the shadow of the mighty liner that had brought karl wilhelm duke of saxe herzenheimer to american shores had closely approached the record the man aboard however was not from wilhelm's imperial court he came from herzegotha seeking the youthful duke and the still more youthful princess both truant from their fatherland and graying the hair of the elders left behind he was a small, iron-visaged being, an ambassador extraordinary and plenipotentiary, that traveller none other than Baron von Hotchhaus of the Kingdom of Herzegotha, captain of the Cousier Regiment von Siedlitz Equerry to H.R.H. Grand Duke of Hesse-Stuttgart, etc., etc., grown wrinkled and white of head in the service of his country. He attracted little or no attention when he landed, the curious having prepared themselves to single out some giant of mere physical proportions to fulfill the expectations centered upon the important being of the rumor. With the courier to aid and further his movements, the servitor in question being a German familiar with Manhattan, he was presently driven in a taxicab to one of the smaller high-class hotels between twenty-third and forty-second streets where he was sufficiently fortunate to surprise and detain otto wenk once more a thoroughly worried individual who had lost the youthful duke threatened with 
apoplectic astonishment thus to encounter so great a person wenk was barely able to believe his eyes when the baron came upon him he had never been so excited or congested with news and alarm in all his life he is gone heaven must have sent you he exclaimed the moment he could gain sufficient breath to credit his senses i am beside myself this despair the baron eyed him for a moment narrowly sit down then he commanded quietly permit your despair and your pulse to subside by he i presume you refer to the duke he can scarcely have been here more than a day he cannot have gone very far you doubtless mean he has quitted your country i shall not therefrom judge him so far insane which has been a great temptation you will kindly compose yourself sufficiently to relate to me briefly and promptly all that has happened since you were cabled to move in the matter of princess servinia wenk sat down as directed he is not unhappy your excellency he declared at once he altered as soon as he had seen her hmm. is this the cart or the horse you bring me first inquired the baron incisively a detailed and chronological statement of your actions the results and all developments if you please and without too much expenditure of time with excitement not to be repressed and with repetitions numerous and somewhat irritating to the baron wenk proceeded to state every minute occurrence with which he had been in any manner concerned in the matter of princess thervinia dwelling in great particularity on the visit visits to thoroughly and alice van kirk both with and without the grand duke last night he concluded his excellency was amazingly light of heart and joyous this song he had little to say but much to sing he gave me no intimation he should vanish from my watchful vision but this morning he is gone from his quarters and i fear has with a purpose to go his own way somewhere ensconced himself this perhaps an altered name the ambassador plenipotentiary was somewhat grimly mollified the affair to him looked far more promising than he and his peers of herzegotha had supposed would be possible since the duke and the princess had met and exchanged such manifestations of friendship even her declaration of intent to remain away from home was a matter of minor importance he began at once a circumstantial examination of the agent to whom he had entrusted the conduct of affairs up to the moment when on the duke's disappearance on a vessel bound for america he himself had been impressed to save the gravest situation in all the annals of the court meanwhile by one of those strange juggleries of chance 
straight through on the opposite side of that same block of buildings in an old-fashioned residence long since abandoned to the transient needs of a restless and dubious fragment of new york's population another conference concerning princess thervinia was in progress three persons one of whom had just arrived occupied the large dingy room where an ancient fireplace and a frescoed ceiling attested to the building's past grandeur two of the trio were men the other was that same icy-eyed woman who had stared at thoroughly at the horse show her companions called her madame zagorsky she was russian a nihilist socialist and selfist of a type born for intrigue and adventure one of them was german the other slav named pelevin the german answered to the name of max it was he who had followed alison thoroughly from the garden and had spied upon the princess almost constantly since he had just returned from lakewood where edith steck had gone his place at the avenue mansion having meantime been filled by a man for whom the three were at present waiting madame zagorsky was obviously mastermind and master energy of all the combination there were several other agents in the group all diligently engaged with various details of the business in hand if you have your breath the woman said to max will you can condescend to inform us what you have done the icy stare of her venomous eyes had frequently made the german uneasy and his gaze dropped shiftily now as he panted for relief to his lungs he had walked from the ferry and climbed three flights of stairs one moment i will tell you he panted i i have done well so say you said the woman then has this mistake written at last and have you fetched your letter that i may read it here max nodded i have the letter and he took it from his pocket to have it promptly snatched from his hand an easy hand to forge commented madame zagorsky eyeing the direction of the envelope before she tore the letter open to give it a hurried perusal ah she improves in health already does she so the note was addressed to dear lady bountiful and signed your happy edith only it is well we intercept this letter continued madame zagorsky what think you pelevin have you a better plan than a letter like this to miss thurley and forming her this edith is robbed and very ill once more and has returned and must ask that her benefactress come without delay pelvin cleared his throat any plan so that she comes if she has once responded to this woman's appeal she will doubtless respond again this method is wise and safe ventured max who had as he said done well let us take all possible precautions for the business is already sufficiently risky it is sufficiently slow this inactivity this mere shadowing exclaimed the woman impatiently dare any one suggest another delay in moving not that we have this letter for a model uh, jan is not here said max tentatively 
he is long gone and must have something important to report madame zagorsky snorted like a horse more likely something important to drink one night yet i shall strangle jan with my hands that have so often itched for the pleasure and yet said pelevin he is indispensable with his knowledge of herzogotha and the court and therefore yet he lives added the madam she rose and paced the floor restlessly the others meantime silence while they waited there was nothing further to discuss as to formulated plans so often had every detail been rehearsed it was a merely a matter now of choosing the hour for action for perhaps ten minutes the woman swung back and forth like a female leopard before her iron bars while Max stared straight down at the floor, and Pelevin made fantastic drawings on a blotting-pad. At a distant sound, the madam suddenly halted and stood intently listening. At last, she said, and a moment later, climbing two steps at a stride, a pale-faced, watery-eyed, well-dressed Hollander appeared, where the door was held open for his entrance. It was Jan i am sober he panted to the woman superior triumphantly i have great piece of fortune news the grand duke is here he has already seen the princess i have left him for hardly a minute since and have observed him this morning when he departed from wank and made for himself new quarters even madame zagorsky was mute for a moment with astonishment and joy she could scarcely believe she had heard the man right she had closed the door and stood regarding him with her penetrative stare as if his panting was some strange phenomenon. "'You are sure of what you say?' she asked at last. "'The Grand Duke is here in New York?' "'Here? Who shall so well know him as myself?' said Jan. "'I'm sober. I've had nothing to eat, no, no drink, since seven o'clock last night. He is here.' the smile of fortune is our cause at last said the woman with fanatical zeal as she made wild gestures with her hands we shall now get them both both it is worth all the waiting everything perhaps we must wait a little longer now but to get them both <laughs> a lifetime would be a little wait she turned to jan almost savagely you left someone who to watch the princess uh, no one jan confessed like a whipped cur it was more important to follow the duke uh, you will say so yourself not until half an hour ago could i uh, get lorraine and set her to shadow carl wilhelm while i come i've done my best where is he then the duke Jan produced a dirty bit of paper and gave it into her hand. On it was written the name and street address of a hostelry to which the Duke had gone, together with the number of his room and the name under which he had registered. Max, commanded Madame Zagorsky, go at once to, to the post on Fifth Avenue. It is early. You may yet be in time to begin with the program of the idle rich but the plans the, the newer plans now that the duke is present said max 
shall these not require us all they require none but myself replied the woman you shall smell of their brewing in season max went his way and preparations for the brew began at the dingy old quarters through the block from wenk and baron von hotchhaus End of chapter 27